0: You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at MashThoseButtons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 139 of Push the Point, presented by the Mash Those Buttons podcast network. You're in place for Overwatch League news, Player storylines, everything going on for season five. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for being here. Follow us on Twitter at Pushpoint POD, Ramses underscore OW, or at Labosco. Leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, whichever one you prefer. Labosco, it's been okay. First of all, good to see you. Good to see you too, buddy. Yeah. no. (laughs) I may or may not have
1: contracted a disease or a, a virus that that has been sweeping across the entire world. It only took me 2 years to maybe get to this point, but it sucks, but that's where I'm at. But I'm doing good. We had, you know, uh mid-season madness
0: was was a lot of fun, so it was. It was a really good tournament. Um kind of checking around the social media like reactions to it, by and large most people had pretty positive takeaways from the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think from a from the ground up, it's one of the best tournaments we've seen put on in a while by Overwatch League. Um I think it had some very very good um play as well. I think 90 of the 122 possible maps were played. So that tells you already that the games were a bit more competitive than we normally see. I mean, there was some 3 Overwatch in there, but that's mm-hmm. still pretty good as far as, you know, the number of games that could have been played and how many we actually got played that's that's pretty awesome that we were able to see that many maps. I think Oly was awesome um, I think she did a great job on the desk replacing soe she she brings a much different energy than Soe does so it was mm-hmm. really cool to to see that that sort of a difference and and how Custa and reinforce played off of her. I thought she was an awesome addition, especially for somebody who's not integrated into the scene as you know a lot of other people are.
0: Yeah, and it was funny, too, like her going in like, all right, I'm making my prediction. Fusion are going to win the whole thing. And just seeing everybody be like, no, don't don't set yourself up for this again. We've all, we've all been through this expecting large things from Fusion and then being disappointed. Don't do this to yourself.
1: To be fair, though, like the Fusion definitely outperformed everybody's expectations for this tournament, I feel like, though, um, because they did end up being the, the last APAC team left at the end of the day. So they mm-hmm. actually did do pretty good, considering they were like, what, like a six seed or something weird? I can't remember what seeding they were off the top of my head. I think it was like six.
0: Uh, so so not too bad, actually, from Philly. Yeah, pretty good performance. Uh, we'll go through. Do you want to do the tournament news first or do you want do you want to do the tournament or do you want to do news first? Um, whichever one you want to do first. Uh, I think the tournament's more
1: fun. So wherever you want the fun stuff to be.
0: Uh, let's start with that, then. Okay. Um, going through round one. Want to end on a low note? Okay. All right. And uh, I mean, I don't know if I would say. I I guess, I guess, I guess. (laughs) Um, winners round one. Um, well, I guess it was round one (laughs) in general. Um, Atlanta rain, London Spitfire. London takes it three one. Um, you saw a bunch of smack talk coming out of this game. Uh, the the reappearance of Boneback. Um. I would not, like, I really wouldn't expect the Backbones and Yada to do as much as it does, and it's one of those things they pull out for, like, a very specific situations, and I think, like, I think there are plenty of other teams who would run, run over it, but you saw, like, there's this great clip, I think, from Eichenwald, where, like, Hawk gets slept, um, Hawk gets slept, and Backbone just walks over, full charges the full volley of orbs, and just one-clicks them, Like, Lennon wins this three one, and it's a pretty like, it's a decently tight game. But it's, it's just interesting to see like this team has these mo. Lennon has these moments like when they have momentum and they're coming in hot. They are they're pretty difficult to like just fully run over. It definitely depends on like what the
1: map picks are and stuff too. If they get to play some of their rush stuff, and not that they. They were winning with Outrush here, which I think is an important factor for people to remember. Like, Sparker, I think, had an incredible tournament for a team that actually didn't really make it that far. Um, yeah. I think Sparker was a bright spot. I think Shax as well played extremely well. I think, like, their their DPS line is a DPS line that you cannot sleep on. Um, Even Backbone, too, you know, um, played really well when he was playing, you know, in his normal spot. But... I I think more so it's um, matchup wise. I don't know if this is the best for Atlanta, especially at this point. They're now fully trying to integrate Hawk in as just their tank, you know, sort of having him play everything. So it's kind of changing things a little bit for how Atlanta plays. And I think this was just a little bit of a speed bump for them because bad matchup and, you know, really your your first experience of fully embracing hawk play like ryan hart and play winston and these other things that you normally would see gator on.
0: yeah um second game uh toronto defiant shanghai dragons i swear labosco when i initially looked at this like a like a week or two ago Uh they said that toronto won 3-0 over shanghai i know and i was like uh uh, uh, what but then it was like toronto was in losers bracket so i didn't understand it um whatever API issue, or if I imagined it in my brain, both those things could have happened. Um, pretty solid 3-0 from Shanghai. Um, Toronto has a couple moments where um, Isu and Finale kind of try and lock, try and bring it in, but by and large, this is Shanghai's game.
1: Yeah, th- in-, in this first game, you think, uh-oh, uh, Shanghai's 3-0-ing a, you know, not a bad Toronto team. You're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, maybe they finally figured everything out of what they need to do here in 5v5. You know they figured out what they want to have fate do and and everything else um it ends up not really being the case later on, but like in this first game, you definitely felt like maybe that was the thing um lip is still awesome, like lip is still good um I think he was very good in this game in particular um you you definitely have the the makings of um uh, this still being the the most feared team to be. Like you get a Lee J Gon sighting every now and then. And I'm really Mm -hmm. curious to know how things will change, especially when you look at like how the Gladiators were playing too. Um how much more Lucio stuff we're going to see if it's only those Lucio specific maps. Um because it does seem like there's times where the Lucio comps could catch people off. They didn't really do that for Shanghai unless it was like a map that made sense. So I'm really curious to see how they they go after this, but but just in this first game they definitely looked really good.
0: Yep, yep. Uh how long your Spark 3 1 over Philadelphia Fusion? I mean, we talk about people who had a really good tournament. Shy had an incredible tournament. And Custo was really pushing
1: the best hit scan in the world, uh, narrative for, for, for Shy, which I don't necessarily disagree with it. He's definitely up there as one of the best. Um, and, and you definitely saw him really carry the team on his back at times. and, and you know at least in this particular game, he outshone like MN three and stuff. Who's really sort of, you know, overtaken Carpe as like the hit scan player for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, it definitely was a pretty wild first game from the spark. And, and it gave you hope that maybe they were living up to some of the expectations that they've had for a long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, he has a across, like, across a bunch of rounds. Like he tries pretty freaking great. Yeah. Um, on whatever also, he played,
1: too. Like like whether mm-hmm. it was the the Sojourn, the widow, whatever they wanted him on, he was dominant.
0: Houston Outlaws 3 0 over Florida mayhem. Uh pretty just solid run over. Like I think Florida finally starts getting maps on map three. But Houston plays really well. Um Merritt, I think, has a really good game on the Sojourn. I know, and that's that's another one people have tried to put in. People have tried to put forward this narrative of like merit being like the best sojourn, which I don't think is true at all, even though like I am biased. um, But he's, he's like, pretty good. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty good. But like, no, he's definitely not the best. Yeah, that's for sure. And then, yeah, Florida just is still talking with Howler about it. Florida is still in this this weird spot where they do not seem to have any sort of like collective. Like it, it feels random a lot of the time it feels like, all right, someone come in and like, and set the temple for like someone, this is a hundred percent on you. And then there are a bunch of moments of like, I think it was, which map was it? Was it was on New York Where um, yeah, it was on Midtown where just Animo gets caught out and like, like they, Animo gets stuck behind like a bunch of people and they just all, all insta turn and grab them immediately. There is definitely some confusing
1: stuff for sure from them. Like, It's so weird, too, because they still show Checkmate as a tank, even though he's a DPS, um, Mm. which is kind of goofy. But like, I don't know, like, I think it was this one was really hard because you expected more from Florida against Houston. Um, You almost have them in sort of like the same tier as far as like where they would be ranked. So it's a bit disappointing from Florida that they don't play very well against Houston. But also I was a little confused with like, you know, we saw a little bit of Exe, but and Exe seemed to be one of the players who was playing better. I, I'm a little confused at some of the stuff they decided to do. And then they kind of figured it out. It felt like in day two, but still like day one was not the best day for them or day three, I should say.
0: It was also funny because there's a really great clip from, I think, the first map on Oasis where Hydron gets um, whip shotted into a moving car. in his face he's just like his
1: reaction of like what (laughs) like
0: oh something that was a punch it
1: was a punch from
0: dante that's right it was a rocket punch something that we talked about a little bit last episode so these players are playing directly across from each other in like the same room Uh uh-huh so you have these moments i think it's with houston and the one that comes to mind for me is houston versus i think lads or houston atlanta where you have like last show got fined again like for For flipping flipping off yeah
1: that was kind of funny i I was gonna say i i kind of like it's weird because at the beginning when when everybody heard about it there was a lot of um disgruntled thoughts because it was like oh they don't have any white noise stuff so you're not going to be able to hear you're going to hear everything the other team is calming but apparently they did have that stuff so it ended up not being as bad and they actually did have, they ended up spacing like the desks away from each other a bit too. So it wasn't like how it was originally shown, thankfully, but um, I actually liked that they were facing each other because it did lead to some good stuff. Like there was like Reiner, I think in their game against Houston, like dabs on, on Houston and is like teabagging bagging somebody in the corner. And st- it was there was just some really good, like banter stuff that we got to see because the teams were in the same room with each other.
0: Mm-hmm. worked out pretty well on that one um, winners round two San Francisco Shock 3-1 over London Spitfire um, the first of many like crazy pop, proper shit like proper showcases I don't remember who said it It might have been a, it might have been um, either Achilles or Avril just talking about like proper is so crazy good so consistently that you almost kind of get numb to it Yeah, he's so, such, like, he's so important to San Francisco's success
1: and it's like so um, Like it's just it happens every single time that, yeah, it can kind of be one of those things where it gets old to talk about
0: because it's always happening. Mm. So, yeah, crazy day from proper Um, London takes control on Ilios, Like they take the control map on Ilios, But by and large, this is it's it is close spots, but it's pretty much San Francisco's game.
1: Well, and it's like San Francisco and control maps. I mean, what more can you say? Right. Like shocker that they lost a control map right mm-hmm. so it's like nobody was surprised um this did give i i, I feel like london ha- fans might have gotten some false hope though because it's like oh man we took a, a map off of san francisco we might have a good chance of making a good run here and then they get dominated basically in the next three maps and it's like oh oh no we're still not there yet you know um san francisco purposely picks london because they know that they can beat when london does, so. Like, everything that, that that you see sort of makes sense from this. And, like, San Francisco don't care if you run no rush. You know, they definitely don't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Shanghai Dragons 3-0 over, Shanghai, over, over Dallas Fuel. Excuse me. Uh, pretty disappointing weekend from Dallas in general. Um, really struggle across this. They get about three points across, like, the whole matchup. But, by and large, not a good showing no
1: they they never really they always kind of played a little differently compositionally than everybody else too like they never really fully committed into like that sojourn tracer or that sojourn and the Genji you know they never committed into the things that were making other teams successful that much so like compositionally they did some weird stuff they also I don't know what what it is with them and and, and you know playing so much of the Moira was another thing as well like Moira was not getting played to the same degree by other teams so they just seem to be behind as far as that or or at least not willing to commit to the the compositions that seem to be working for other teams which is weird because you would think with what the players that they have that those compositions would probably work for them so it was, it was definitely a, a, a uh out of sorts dallas fuel mm-hmm. but shanghai looked really good too so like you can't you can't dismiss what shanghai did either like they really took it to them all three maps
0: LA Gladiators 3-0 over Houston Outlaws. Um, kind of what I expected, to be honest. <laughs> um, Houston has moments where they're really good, but it's by and large they're Glad's. I think are just firing at a different level in these tournaments. Um, this is yeah where we get the Reiner dabbing on Houston. Um, yeah, Glad's just kind of come out f- out of the gate in a really strong form and maintain it for a good portion of this whole thing.
1: Yeah, and Reiner in particular in that game was super good. Patty Fan has continued to be a good player as well. Like, I don't know why there's been so many questions about him when when it matters most, Patty Fan has been stellar for the Gladiators. You know, especially when you're paired with, you know, the only other guy, in my opinion, who should be in the conversation for MVP right now with proper is Kevster. So, Mm -hmm. like, when you're paired with a guy like that, like you don't necessarily need to be, you know, lit when you're out there. Right. But Patty fan is still playing at an extremely, extremely high level. It's not like he's a replacement level player or something. He is still well above replacement level, like still a guy, maybe not a role star, but just on the outside looking in sort of a thing. So you're talking about a very good player that's paired up with him and they're just dominant everywhere else on, on the on their team. So he he is uh, somebody who who wins maps for them which is something you want from a guy like that. So definitely was there. Him and Reiner, I think, in this game in particular, were, were two of the guys who really stood out. Kevster, of course, too, but like Kevster
0: always does. Looking at Kongjo Spark 3-0 over Seoul Dynasty, also kind of like a a pretty clear result that we were expecting a little bit more of a competitive game.
1: Seoul, but, um, yeah, well, Seoul, Seoul was sort of like Dallas, where you were kind of confused with what they were doing, right? Like they were they seem to be out of sorts as well. You know, I wonder I wonder who their scrim partners were. I wonder if Dallas and like Soul were their scrim were each other's scrim partners and stuff. Cuz that could have been a thing that happens and then you're playing each other so much and you're getting, you know, you're playing compositions that you think are going to work against everybody else, but it's only working against each other. I wonder if mm-hmm. that was the case. That, that's just me, you know, kind of thinking about it, but still Soul um like you would see pop-off moments from Profit, but like we still didn't get to see Profit be Profit. Um and I think it was more just because, like, everything around him was a little bit up in the air. And, like, how much how much did we see of Fitz, too? I feel like we didn't see a whole lot of Fitz as well, which was a little weird to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, double checking on here. He's in here for one map, just for Dorado. Yeah, like he was Stalker most of the
1: time. And that's not to say Stalker is bad. I just, I don't know, with the way that the, the meta is, you would think Fitz would be, like, a really good fit for your Sojourn stuff and, like, your... You know, that sort of um, sort of thing. At least that's my thought. You know,
0: maybe I'm wrong in thinking that. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what we see what happens again with their next result in a little bit. Uh, Philly Fusion 3-1 over Dallas Fuel. Um, Again, like Philly kind of MN3 continuing to be great. Um, Dallas really having a hard time kind of putting it to put it together. Um, Kings Row goes on, goes, I think, almost all the way. For both these teams, Philly gets to four, Dallas gets to six.
1: Yeah, it was um MN three was the star, though, right? Like you really saw. So like one of the things for sure that you noticed when you were watching the midseason madness was the team that usually had the better sojourn was the team generally doing better, mm-hmm. right? And, and that was definitely the case here between MN three. And I don't even remember who they had playing. Was it Edison who was playing it? Like it was kind of a or Gurria, one of the two. Mogurio, I think, was pl- only came in really to play the Widowmaker. But besides that, it's like, you know, you, they never fully committed to playing it for Dallas. They did a lot of the Echo stuff it was the other part, too, right? So, like, what was working for other teams, Dallas still was not necessarily doing. So, I think that, that, in part, again, just like the last match, sort of played into their downfall.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's interesting, because, like, Dallas really... They've done decently during the regular season, but they just have not hit the same heights that they were hitting last year. And the league moves on and everybody grows and everybody gets better. But like it is interesting just that like it hasn't really come together this year. I You wonder how much like I know the main things that come to mind for me are just like how much not having Fearless and Hanbin out at the same time. Yeah, but the, their tank play has never really been their problem, though. Like, I don't think oh, no, that's nah. the issue. Not I don't think it's about tank play being bad. I think it's just about like the leadership
1: part of it. I don't know if that's what's wrong. Because if you're not playing Sojourn and everybody else is playing Sojourn and you're getting dominated by the other team's Sojourn if you are playing Sojourn, like none of that other stuff matters. Right? Like if MM3 is is getting four K's on your team, like better leadership doesn't stop him from clicking heads. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. Like if you're if you don't have a Sojourn who's doing what those players are doing, like, it doesn't really matter. And that seems like what it is more for Dallas than anything else. Because, I mean, it's not like Dallas was bad in the, the kickoff tournament. I mean, they made it to the finals, you know. So I I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that there's other problems that Dallas is experiencing, especially in the one. They don't seem to have supreme confidence still in their hit scan. You know, Gurriel has been OK, but he hasn't been otherworldly like we've seen. And, and we know that for other teams. Having an otherworldly hit scan matters on specific maps. Like Ons is still really good, and, and you know you can look at all the other teams who did really well. They all have a hit scan player who who can play in the positions you need. But more importantly, they have somebody to pair with that tracer on the Sojourn at least for right now. Right? Like Sojourn nerfs could change all of that, but that seems to be making one of the bigger differences. And the lack of support flexibility seems to be part of it too. So like. For Dallas specifically, I think it's – I don't think it's leadership or things like that. I think it's literally their ability, which is something that you can even go back to last year as a problem, where they they have this problem where where they are very inflexible and they can't do what other teams can do. And, and that mm-hmm. seems to really hurt them, and it definitely did in this tournament where, you know, MN3 pops off on you when you're playing Philly, and now you're done in your second game.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you say, they've had been – They've been having a hard time actually dealing with that flexibility. They're kind of last season, they were able to run like specific versions of comps they wanted to run. And by and large, they were able to kind of dictate based They were bullying of that. It, yeah. But now that they're no longer dictating anything like they're just getting left behind in a lot of things.
1: Yeah. And and I think now this is where your tank point actually comes into play, right? Because the second tank allows for you to cover some mistakes because of the ability to peel. Right. So, like, if your supports are, are not as strong on other heroes, you have your off tank who can now sort of cover some of those things that they can't do because they're able to, to defensively play with them and do everything right while your main tank is playing with your, your front line and getting kills. So so that's where your tank point comes into play though, Julian, is is there. where are like, mm. that really makes a difference in why 5v5 is harder for a lot of teams, especially if you don't have a very strong back line, which I know back lines aren't getting talked about as much, but that's because it's like,
0: if they're doing their job, you notice, and if they're not, you really notice. Yep, yep. Um, Atlanta, th- I'm sorry, I I, just, I skipped Florida 3-2 over London. That was a good game. Mm-hmm. That was a really good one. I thought,
1: I didn't think London was going to lose either. I thought that was really Florida's game. I didn't think that was Florida's game to win. I thought it was, you know, London's game to win. And Florida really came out and handled them. We saw a lot more eggsy and stuff. I think it was a reverse sweep too, right? Like, yeah, it was it was a crazy, crazy game and you didn't expect it to go the way it did. But like, you got to give Florida all the credit for their resiliency. That was an awesome, awesome. One of the best. I think it was one of the better games throughout.
0: Mm -hmm. Really, really solid. And you look at like how many times Florida is holding them to like full holds. I mean, they got two in a row off of Gibraltar and Coliseo. Yeah, it is like it's. Like there are these moments, like when they can put it together. That Florida is a really good team, and it just depends on when they can put it together.
1: Yeah, and they don't put it to you know, and, and they don't put it together on every single map, and that's one of their downfalls. And it's like you see the potential there. It's just whether or not they'll be able to fully realize it for an extended period of time. Can they have that consistency?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Looking at Atlanta three two over Seoul, uh, Atlanta actually it was interesting between soul and a couple of their other games. Atlanta is the person responsible for eliminating a lot of the APAC region. Um,
1: they had really a really long
0: fun. salty run back too. Oh yeah. They like spent the entire time almost in losers bracket and were no, just the entire time. Although <almost, laughs> I said, almost, I said almost the entire, they played one game outside of it, They're well, entry game. but everybody does. Everybody plays at least one game outside. of it Yeah, it was, you talk about a run back, they go on like, it's pretty back and forth for this one. They're each taking maps off the other. But by and large, I think the Kai, the Kai Sojourn is just too good. Kai definitely like steps it up big time against Soul,
1: And I think they just collectively as a team played so much better in this one than they did in the previous game. Like it really felt like everybody was hitting for them. Um, sure, it's it's a close game, but I think this is also in part because Soul plays a lot better this time um stalker was actually a little bit noticeable but we did see a little bit more fits as well i think we saw fits on two maps instead of just one which i think adds a little bit to what soul does because for soul profit fits is when they look the best 100 you know Mm -hmm. um it was also interesting to see they they played uh on the first map so i'm curious to see how that all changes as they continue to move forward but like Soul at least put up a fight going out more so than I think Dallas did. So you you have to feel a little bit better if you're soul, even though you ended up losing. But it was definitely very much a soul result here, too. At the end. Looks like Vindayam, I think, was in the whole time. Was he? Yeah. And then they're just wrong on the. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, I... they just switched it on me. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm really dumb. They just flipped what order they were in. Yeah. I don't know why they would do that. That's so weird to me. But anyway.
0: Uh, Houston outlaws 3-2 over Toronto Defiant. Um, these uh, I'm almost getting sick of watching these two teams play each other because it's way... Houston is a team that should be beating Toronto regularly. Toronto, so, but they always manage to kind of floor out to about the same level and it becomes a way tighter game.
1: I think Toronto, like, talent wise is similar to Houston, though, personally. Like, I think that they're around the same. Like, I... To me, I think your best DPS player on Houston is still not playing DPS. You know, I get that he's your best Doomfist, but I don't know. I, th- that's one of the things that I kind of have a problem with still with Houston. But like, you know, they, they're they able to get the win here. That was a scary one, though. That had to be, I mean, for you, like seeing that, that has to be one of those games where you're like, why is this so close? Why is this happening? Oh, yeah. I was just like, and it's going to be a choke, and, and it didn't like they held through thankfully, but I was just like, ugh. Well, and, and like, that has to give, like, like, because normally they don't hold through, right? So, like, that, there's that, like, little boost at the end where you're like, oh, maybe this is it. This is the time where they can finally do it. And then, you know, that ends up not being the case, unfortunately. But, again, I think, thinking about it, I think Houston's got a lot of the same problems that Dallas does.
0: Yeah, they very much like their one comp. And they're, like, they like exploring options. They like exploring options within it, but there's times where you just need like a Winston or you need a Reinhardt and Piggy's done okay. Ooh, sorry. But he hasn't necessarily lit anything on fire. Right. Um Shanghai Dragons fall 3-0 to San Francisco Shock. Uh San Francisco has a dominant tournament all the way up until finals and like even here like it's just proper Why would they flip it again? It's just proper and Kilo just going nuts on people. Like, it's... And there was, like, one map where Fletta
1: was in, two or two. I can't remember if this series, if he was in an all... He was in... Yeah, he was in a couple. Um, it, th- This series was not as close as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought it would be a little bit closer. Like, I still thought that San Francisco was going to win, but I thought San- that Shanghai would put up a little bit better of a fight. Um, But I think that's just how far ahead San Francisco is right now than everybody. Um. And you like literally you can't expect Lip to do everything by himself. And that's kind of where it feels like right now with Shanghai is where it's like Lip is has had some down performances earlier on in the season, but he's starting to pick it back up. But everybody else needs to kind of be at that same level with him. And and like you're seeing Fletta disappear at times, like you're seeing some of the guys who you, you need to step up, not step up the way that they should.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Hangzhou, Spark, fall three, two to L.A. Glad's. Uh this one is really back and forth. It's really interesting too. Like you finally get you finally get that sniper matchup on Dorado with Shy and Ons, and Shy pulls it out, but like across this whole thing, it's just I mean, I proper is the easy number one candidate for MVP or, or Rookie of the Year, whichever one they want to give him. I feel like Reiner is right up there for Rookie of the Year too. Uh I- if I were
1: picking rookie of the year, I think I'm giving it to proper over him. Like I, I, you're right. that oh, They're probably
0: if they give proper, it, it would be like, if they don't give proper MVP, well, proper might get
1: both year. because he's that good. You know, like proper is good enough where like you, you can conceivably give him both. Um, that is definitely something that could happen. Now, if they give him MVP and they don't want to give him rookie of the year as well, then yeah, maybe it's, it's probably Reiner. Um, but again, like there's such a gap. Between some of the rookies that I don't, I don't even know. Like, although Alpha, like Alpha Yi, this is his first year, right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not wrong in that, as I swear to God that I was broadcasting him a year ago. Yeah, this is his first year. Okay, that's what I thought. So, Alpha Yi, I think needs some consideration as well, because I thought, especially in this this series in particular, this felt like a DPS duel from both teams, right? Like mm. this felt like whose team, whose uh whose DPS we're going to outperform the other is like, there's some crazy plays from Kevster, some crazy plays from shy. Like it was, it was a very, this was a, one of the better series for sure. Like I put this one and the, the next one in the winner's bracket as like two of the best um, for sure that we got to see. And you just hope that like the spark can continue to play to this level. It sucks what happens to them in the lower bracket, but still like competing with the gladiators. That's what we need. We need teams competing with the gladiators all the way to the end.
2: Yeah. Losers bracket, uh, Philadelphia Fusion three two over Florida Mayhem. I mean, I think we, I think
0: it's, it's enough to say that this is MN 3s team now. I think we have seen like the full handoff as far as like the, the full handoff for the um the DPS leadership role. Um, but I mean, another rookie, by the way. Yeah, the rookie class this year has been really good. Yeah, this but- is especially
1: DPS. Right, Alpha E, MN three proper. Uh, I know Patty fan as well. I'm so, sure there's
0: more, but that's all I can think of right now. I mean, just in San Francisco alone, proper Kilo. Um, yeah, and then Atlanta three one over Houston Outlaws. This is where Um Lastro, of course, is flipping them off and gets fined <laughs> again. Um, he's a straight shooter, that guy, but. Um, <laughs>
1: Hey, yeah, you have to like it though, right? Like some anim- a little bit of animosity between the two teams. I think they're friendly with each other. You know, it's not like some of the Atlanta and like uh, London or something.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, it's Houston gets the um, the control map at the beginning, but then from then on, it's pretty much a rush through for Atlanta. It's like again, like Houston has these peaks where they can do really well, and then it just feels like right now it's not like. Once that, like, that's as good as they get, and it's just not good enough to compete with, like, your elite-level teams.
1: And and that's the thing about Atlanta. Even though they've had a bad regular season and tournament, they've been so good still,
0: you know?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: They've still been competing. They they still are competing with all of the best teams, and, and, you know, they make this this crazy run back, and they beat teams that you don't expect them to beat based on their seeding, right? You expect them to based on what you know about Atlanta. So, yeah,
0: Atlanta has those like those peaks in them and so far Houston just does not show it. Wrapping up winners bracket, um San Francisco Shock 3-2 over LA Gladiators, maybe the best game of the the entire
1: um the entire tournament. Uh back and forth other than Oasis which was kind of dominant from San Francisco. Mhm. Um but super super good tournament. Um uh, it was a lot of fun to watch these teams go back and forth. Uh it was weird though because there was definitely some uncharacteristic stuff from the gladiators in this one where like there's a couple of points where they were just kind of getting dominated and you we were like what is going on here? What is San Francisco that good? And and part of it is like pop, proper popping off, right? And like just nobody being able to compete with what San Francisco is doing as a team. But it's still one of those things where it's like it, it should be a little bit closer than this. And then you know, Gladiators, of course, make sure that they get their chance to at revenge. So it it was definitely like you felt like these were
0: the two best teams in that winner's game.
2: Mm-hmm. It definitely
0: like it definitely does feel like it. These were the two heavyweights, right? Like these were the two. We expect this is almost a pre. I mean, it was a preview of finals, but like it looked like already a preview of finals. Yeah. Um, wrapping up losers round. Hangzhou Spark. Uh Philadelphia Fusion Philly wins three two.
1: They get their revenge from earlier on in the tournament. It was funny because Avali was not was so scared of shy. I thought that was one of the funniest things on the desk. That was such a fun. I, I don't know. She was just so like she was fun that that entire time. I thought it was like I said. I really liked the energy the desk was bringing and her like picking a team that like has this crazy
0: losers run. I think just helped to make it better. Mm-hmm. And then. Atlanta reigned 3-1 over Shanghai Dragons. Um, Shanghai just kind of having a hard time putting it. It's like it's a combo of like Shanghai like not really getting everything together, but then also Atlanta just really kind of turned up the gas.
1: Atlanta from the Houston series on, I think really looked completely different from the team that was in the from their first two games, right? Like mm-hmm. they have the, the close call against Seoul at the beginning, which I think was a little bit of Seoul waking up as well, but like Those two teams sort of woke up there, but only one of them could advance on. And then Atlanta is just like, it don't matter
0: who's in the way until you get to the teams that are just so far above them. Yeah, it's when you look at it, like Atlanta, just Shanghai has not been able to make that same jump with this as like Atlanta have. Um, Yeah. Wrapping up losers. Well, Atlanta 3-1 over Philadelphia Fusion. And again, like just the momentum here is ridiculous. but when it gets to that losers Racket final, um Atlanta versus Glads, uh Glads pull it in three one been a really strong performance. Yeah. And you yeah. look at like two I mean, they take control, um they lose on King's Row, but then just two full holds in a row. Yeah on Wash Point, Gibraltar and Coliseo, like sheesh. They looked really good atlanta and you're like oh
1: they this could be a good game against the gladiators you really feel that way and then then you get into the game and atlanta gets a map you know they get a map on king's row but like if there's a map where you really feel like they could get it it was king's row uh but then the gladiators sort of coast the rest of the way like the only map that there's a little bit of like trouble for the gladiators is king's row every other map like the glads were dominant it was like a
0: warm-up for them you know and then we get to the grand final for this tournament the rematch uh la gladiators versus san francisco shock and it almost goes the distance i would say like it's not like it was like a it was a tight game across the whole thing it was but like glads go in um Reiner, Kevster, Pathfinder just have like the synergy of just how they attack attack targets. That's so much fun to watch. Like Kevster is like all, like like you're saying earlier is in the proper category almost where you just forget like how good,
2: it, how how, good he like, is. Yeah.
0: you forget how good he is. Like this dude is just so consistent all the time.
1: He he is one of the best DPS in the world, and there's no way that anybody can argue with that fact, right? Like it, in the conversation for MVP to me. There's only two guys right now, it's proper, and it's kevster, like there's nobody else in that conversation as of right now in my mind, um, and I don't know if it's going to change moving forward either because I think these two teams might be seeing each other more and more as we go on, and even towards the end of the year, they might be the two teams that we see in the you know playing for a championship when it's all said and done. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, you know if Dallas figures some things out or Atlanta kind of figures some things out maybe those two have a chance shanghai is still somebody that you have to be considering as well um there's a couple other apac teams as well like philly and and Seoul that that are definitely in the mix but the two clear-cut favorites right now have to be the two here at the end of the tournament and it's like you know we haven't talked about sam yet either but sam's another rookie of the year you know sort of person if he wasn't paired up with maybe the best player in the league and proper who's so far out better like Mm -hmm. he would be getting consideration for like a rookie of the year, not at the very least. So that's how good all of the players. Are. And that's another thing that's impressive from San Francisco as well. These players are all rookies pretty much yeah. except for Violet, you know?
0: Well, Mikey technically is not a rookie. I think he was signed at one point.
1: but Still like, like rookie as far as experience, right? In yeah. the league is the point. So like, you've got so many young guys there that are pushing forward and playing with this team and the gladiators. Like, I I hope that this continues to be a rivalry that we see, you know, the battle for for California and all that stuff and whatever. So hopefully that continues. Um, And you have to, you know, we we haven't mentioned supports yet, but like shoe and skewed and and then funny Astro in there when they want to play Lucio. Like, I still don't know if there's a better support line.
0: No, I don't think so you know i mean the only other one might be thin violet but even then like shoes skewed funny astro i think it just covers everything at an s tier level
1: yeah i mean like violet's been not bad at lucio but you you clearly saw the difference when when you have somebody like funny astro in there like having somebody who knows how to play that lucio and play it properly like makes such a big difference on maps like ilios so you 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 know you're definitely right there that that's maybe one of the few teams that can especially flexibility wise and stuff that can compete but even still. Like that's how good the gladiators are, and you know that sure they have a couple bumps in this because that's how good San Francisco is, but they still like they were pretty dominant on Lijiang Tower, you know, like they still had some maps here where they looked like they were a team that that
0: nobody's going to have a chance to compete with, yeah, I mean, and this also looks great for glads too going back to back tournament winners for a team that
1: hasn't been able to do this ever. Like mm-hmm. there, there is um, there's precedent for the gladiators to do something that nobody has ever done, right? Now, right? Win all four, right? So they they are they are already on a path that that is kind of uncharted territory at this point, especially if they continue this run that they're on. And with how good and how much their hero pools can kind of cover whatever changes there might be, I think it's pretty safe to assume that they they definitely have the ability to do it. Not that they're going to, but they definitely have the right pieces in place
0: to to make a run like we've never seen. Mm-hmm. They do, and then now it will just be about maintaining that whole way across. Of course. Alrighty. Um, looking at some pieces of news before we wrap up for today. Um, there's been some hubbub over the past couple of days um, about some rules getting switched midway through a, a European contenders tournament. Um, if you've looked at this the scene at least for a couple of years, there's been unfortunately kind of a reputation for things kind of being mishandled. I, I, mishandled um a lot of like teams and players not knowing what's going on. Um so normally in a contenders tournament, unless it's grand final matches will run for um best of three, uh, best of five, excuse me. Um in this case, a, so it was a bracket final, so one round before the grand final. Um, it was listed originally as being a best of seven. And you had the two teams that were in it, uh, Munich, I think the main one is Munich Esports and I think O One. one You had 0-1 Esports. Um, so it was listed as being a best of seven. Um, um, they were at, they asked ahead of time to the actual Blizzard tournament admin said, hey, um, Just want to check. This is a best of seven, right? Not a best of five. It's a best of seven. And they received confirmation. Um, They were like, because this is winners finals. They were told like, nope, it will be a best of seven. Thanks for checking. And then come to find out um, they're playing the game. Munich is out to a 3-0 lead. And then with the turn, like, and then. 01 starts going, pulling it back to a three-two, mm-hmm. and then the tournament admins decide. Actually, no, it's a best of 4 or sorry, best of five, and three. they shut first to three, and they shut the game down. Which you had. Sorry about that. Um, so they shut the game down and said, actually, no, it's supposed to be first to three. Um, during the game, so they abrupt it like in the they end it in the middle of the match. Which again, if that was like if that was the thing, they it's it's horribly mishandled in every way, but like one of the ways is like if it's first to three, they already had won three zero, like it was already over. But then to just call it in like two matches in afterwards is just super weird, super very ridiculous. very weird,
2: yeah.
0: Um, and they're like, oh well, no, dude, it's usual rules, best of five, and then you had so o one um reach is gets sent to lower bracket finals um to play Exil Bovione um. And they sent them from what we've been told and what we saw, they um they went out and they reached out to them and they pretty much coordinated what seems to be like a strike during the game. uh Exel put out a statement where they pretty much said that they weren't going to be um we believe that it's Exelivione alongside many others within the contender scene are distraught regarding the decision made for the match between O1 Esports and Munich esports and the issues that have occurred following multiple arrows on Blizzard's End. We believe this, in combination with a general lack of, co- of communication, has affected the competitive integrity of this tournament. We hereby refuse to continue our series until the issues have been addressed. We apologize to all viewers watching the matches and hope you understand. So when they load up into the server, they're on control. They're just sitting there. They never touch point. Um, they walk around. They do enough to like still be in game, but like they don't actually even engage with each other like at all. They don't actually. They don't right. even like cap the point to get to have like to be able to force it to actually start going right which so and 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 the other eu teams joined in
1: i think north american teams joined in in striking mm-hmm. as well it wasn't like it was just the two teams in the lower bracket final like it was kind of you know it was multiple teams that ended up <laughs> joining in on this so uh there's a lot of pressure from not only the teams but fans as well jumped in there was a hashtag that was trending i forget what the hashtag was off the top of my head. But it was like, uh, you know, contenders um, strike or something. It was it it wasn't that. But uh, let me let me get the actual hashtag for you. But but it, it was definitely nice to see the teams sort of come together and agree that this was BS. Like, you know, the the original ruling was like, oh well, in the rule book it doesn't say that. Well, it's like, well, you, you your admin said that that's what it was. So your admins mm-hmm. were wrong and let things continue. Like you can't, you cannot. Allow that to continue like that. That was just terrible. So I'm really proud of all of the teams for doing what they did to stay, you know, stand up together to make sure that the right thing happens. At the end of the day, did it matter? No, but it's about integrity, right? Which is the the whole point of what they were saying.
2: Yeah, no,
0: it's just about like being able to actually play against like. I think integrity is the right word to say to put forward, And it's like standing by what you put out. If your admins are saying that it's a best of seven for a bracket final, like it's not fair to either of the two teams to all of a sudden pull it halfway through. Well, especially because
1: it's not like Munich thought that it was only a first to three, right? They thought it was first to four as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like either team was like trying to stop this. Like before the match, both teams were like, hey, this is a first of four. Right now. You can say, well, president says that there wasn't ever first of fours in the lower bracket and upper bracket finals, which like, yeah, sure, but it doesn't matter. Rules change, right? Like if that's what the rules are written down on what they are given as teams, and sure it's not in the rule book. How many people actually go to the rule book for rulings like that? You go to the admins, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones in charge of the tournament. So it, it was just it was just a bunch of BS. It was really dumb. Like it's sh- it's something that should not have happened, right? Like what what how does it ruin anything if like, oh, we screwed up um this was only supposed to be first to three, but we've already gone past the first to three mark. We'll just continue. What does that change? Mm-hmm. It doesn't change anything. It's just ridiculous. It's just its like the fact that this even happened, I think it's the dumbest part of it all.
0: Yeah. the uh, From what we heard from players, like they pretty much swarmed the server and we're all like asking questions, like demanding answers. Um, Path to Pro finally did put out a statement, I think, the next day. Um and that pretty much said that there had been error, and that they had declared they there had been error. They had acted on the error, and after investigating the server, after investigating the circumstances, we've determined that maintaining consistency with our most recent communication to teams, which stated the match was a first to four series, is the fairest course of action. Yeah. As a result, the series will resume tomorrow, Friday, um, as a first to four series with Munich Esports leading three two and in possession of the next map choice, which is the way it should have been, right?
1: Like, you, you you killed all momentum that O1 Esports had. Now, granted, they're able to battle their way back, and then it's a banger seven-game map series for the grand finals between Munich and O1 as sort of the revenge match between them after what happened. But still, it, it, it never should have been that way, never should have come to this. That's the biggest takeaway, I think, for everybody here is, like, sometimes when you have a ruling and you're wrong, you have to go with the ruling because it's what's the right thing to do right? Mm. Like regardless of what was written down in the rule book, right? Your admins made a mistake. Everybody thought it was one thing. You've gone too far, right? It's sort of like Harold and Kumar going to White Castle and they are only a few steps out the door and he forgot his wallet, but he's like, no, we've gone too far. You've gone too far. You've got to go. You got to keep going. Just should have done that. Should not have gone and had this whole, like they're literally not helping themselves get anybody on their side and thinking, Hey, we've got contenders going in the right direction when you have things like this happening. And like, there's even like, I remember seeing on one of the reddits too, like there was uh, people like making a list of all of the mistakes that have been made by like contenders, admins and stuff. So it's like, it's like, like you're bringing more scrutiny on yourself by doing something like this.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I I don't remember who I saw. I think it was, um, it was Thibble who posted a tweet that said, like, it was either Fibble or it was, I think it was Backpack Matt, actually. Where, like, the people who are still playing in Contenders, like, who are still in Path of Pro, like, you need those people. You need to keep them in the system. And doing stuff like this is a very good way to just continually bleed out Push. anybody who's interested in playing the game competitively. Right,
1: they're, they're already playing for pittance as far as money compared to other, like, tier two organizations and stuff. Granted, that's been a problem for some other esports as well. Like Tier Two is definitely not significantly funded for a lot of them. That's not just Overwatch, but but some of them do a better job than Overwatch does at least. But Mm. like you're you're already grasping to keep people in, and now you're doing things that potentially could push people out, especially your most talented people, the players that that really you want to continue to improve and then play in your main league. It's terrible. It's actually it's just it's ridiculous and it's you know, it, it just makes it more frustrating and more tiring when you see things like that happening. When it's like, this is the last thing that needs to happen with Contender, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. Contender Strike by the way for the hashtag, which was gotcha. trending.
0: Um, a couple more pieces of news before we wrap up this week. Um, it's been I think earlier in this week I think it was on the 25th it was officially one year since the initial Activision Blizzard walkout. Yeah um and abk put up a very like a they put up a really great um i'm sorry july 21st was the initial date um but they put up a really great kind of walk through as far as like what the time has been during when that happened and then afterwards talking about like their attempts to try and meet with francis townsend um them pretty much being outright ignored and then after that what they've pretty much been pushing for um, what the responses were it is there are still strikes going there are still walkouts. I know uh, Activision publishing publishing in Austin, Texas had a walkout same with Blizzard in Albany um, Eden Prairie, Minnesota, like there have still been walkouts I think on around the time or at least like recently across the country at Blizzard's different places.
1: I believe that these are what these pictures are because they've got shirts that I think are pretty new from what I've seen, that um, they're showing from all of the different locations on Activision Blizzard, like they've got the Irvine, Blizzard Entertainment Irvine, Activision Publishing, Austin, Texas, Blizzard in New York and Albany, uh, Eden Prairie, Minnesota, Activision Publishing, all with signs and stuff, and it looks like it's summertime. These look like brand, you know, shirts that I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the Solidarity with ABK Workers shirt until recently, like this, this is something that had to have been something but yeah cuz there's even a thank you to um organizers who made who did this. So mm-hmm. they even have a website now called abkwatch.org to sort of keep track of stuff, which is nice. So you can go there and see news, which it's pretty up to date with with any news that that's worth paying attention to. Um and then obviously just paying attention to the Twitter as well, the a better abk I think is, you know, still something worth doing. Because that's where you're going to find information first generally it's from that Twitter.
0: Yes sir. So just staying on top of it. I know they have ABK Watch is a website that they put up that will have more other stuff. Um
2: yeah, abkwatch.org.
0: The well. And then a couple more pieces of news before we wrap up for today. Um Vancouver Titans announced that they were releasing Shockwave, Um who I know, he also put out a statement saying that he, it was um not my decision, but I hope the team will do well in the future. Thanks for the time. Um it does like we know Vancouver's moving in a different direction with a lot of things. Um, it sounds like I know there has been like an idea of like deep as a guy kind of has a vision for what he wants. It is still a bummer that like shockwave is a guy who you've seen such great flashes from at moments that you would like to hear, see more of him consistently. It was weird that he wasn't already playing that much for Vancouver. Yeah.
1: Um, especially with some of the stuff that like, as far as in the better, you would think he would be. But maybe that's because he wasn't playing up to what they think he was performing. I don't know. I think, you know, we're we're heading into that territory, especially with how good the gladiators are doing, where where some of those conversations about DP are really starting to look a little bit more um correct than before. You know? Hmm. Uh unless Vancouver has some sort of crazy turnaround here sometime soon, uh I'm thinking. I'm not saying that it's completely, you know, Deepay is the reason why the gladiators weren't, you know, performing up to what people thought. But I'm saying that maybe there's a good indicator that maybe he was part of the problem.
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, they've signed King, uh, to kind of take that spot. King is a longtime contenders player. Um, looking at where he's spent time, like he's someone who's had a decent amount of a uh, a decent amount of history there. Um. Maraville Esports, Solaris, Bobby Wasabi, Square One, Skyfoxes. Dude's been around a very long time. He has. Relatively for Overwatch, of course, four years. He's been around since 2018.
1: He's been around a while, but you know somebody who's been around longer who is getting closer and closer to turning 18? Oh, no. That's right. It's Sugar 3. We are 139 days, 9 hours, 12 minutes, and 24 seconds away. That means we are less than a year away, Ramses, from that being a thing
2: maybe less he than a year
1: you never know maybe. patty fan came back just maybe. say it. just Is sugar say
0: sugar Free even doing
2: anything right now though
0: i think i don't know if he's even competing anywhere i don't know but
1: you know he would be good if he was in the league i'm just i'm just throwing it out there i'm not saying it's gonna happen but it'd be pretty great if it did
0: hopefully we can all we hope and we hope yeah he's still playing for headhunters or he was playing for Headhunters and then Faux Lovers and then Big Baller brand. Gosh. Um, it would be great. I would love to have Sugar Free back. Um one more um piece of news for this week. Um NYXL have announced that they are releasing their head coach Kookie. Um after the past half of a season, it's not necessarily a surprise. Um NYXL while there were lower expectations for this team than they probably like then might be like normal. It still should have been better. Like this team has too much talent to be struggling as much as they have. They do, um, especially in metas that are supposed to favor them, like the one we're in right now with this like double flex support meta.
1: But at the same time, it's like that's how talented some of the other teams are, too. So I, I don't know. I don't know how much of it's on cookie. You know, I don't know how much of it is. Maybe these players aren't as good as we actually thought they were that's entirely possible too.
2: Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens.
0: Cause we don't know who's coaching this team yet. Uh, it might just be, I don't know who their current like assistant coaches are, but I mean, if it's not cookie, like it could, I think what,
1: well, right now the Undine, uh, gesture for new head coach <laughs> gesture and undyne are the, the coaches right now. So undying has been a bit, been there a bit longer. Uh, I don't know. I'd be okay with head coach gesture though. Although I don't know if anybody will take him seriously on the team is the only problem because he was always so funny whenever he was on anything for, for the league. So.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we'll keep you updated with it. Um, as it moves forward, we're moving into the next portion of the season. Um, and I think when does the next actual, I know I'm going to be out for this coming week. So when does the next actual season, I, I guess the next actual, like, round of competition start even
1: uh it's not next week but the week after i believe actually so i think you're gonna be good
0: perfect i'll be back just in time
1: yeah because uh the next week i believe it doesn't come up on the c-
0: schedule for some reason
1: but i remember seeing it and it wasn't next week which is what i thought it would be but it was the week it's after ther-
0: yeah thursday august 11th is the first one that comes up for summer showdown qualifier. yeah
1: exactly so
0: we'll be good we'll be good. Well, cool, in the meantime, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to episode 139 of Push the Point. We appreciate you guys being here as always. Leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It's the best way to help us out. Make sure people know about the show and let us know what you like what we can make better. Um, for our Discord well for our podcast network for Mash Those Buttons the best thing, you, the other thing you can do is join us on the Mash Those Buttons community on discord.me slash Mash Those Buttons. They've got great communities going on for Apex is I think one of our main ones, as well as for fighting games with Double Tap. Um, There's so much good, like, we were just talking with Jaw. There's so much good um, content. community. There's so much good content and so many cool people invested in it that, like, it's a really great place to be. Yeah, it really is. Uh,
1: We also invite you to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash buttons With as little as a dollar a month, you get access to Patreon-exclusive content for different shows. So check it out, see what shows are on there. Uh, one of your favorite shows uh, might be there and you might be able to support them. Also be sure to follow the Twitter of the podcast at pushpoint pod. Push the point at If you'd like to email us, those are the best ways to get in contact with the show.
0: Yes, sir. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can hit labosco at labosco. You can hit me at Randy's OW. And that's gonna be it for episode 139 of push the point. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you when the league starts back up, probably early August. So about a week or two. two. We'll see you soon. Have a good one.